Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. I'm your host, Clayton Kuteri. Today's guest is a -a one-of-a-kind dream oracle, definitely the first for the show. Her goal is to help people consciously and consistently connect with their dreams. Uh, She shares empowering messages that she receives in her dreams that she believes are just meant for the world. And she is also the founder of the Dream Oracle School. So we're going to dive into all this stuff. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Dream Oracle Holly Emerson. Before we start the show, I must warn you that there are ads throughout this podcast episode. If you'd like to get the show ad-free, you're able to get access by downloading the official Traveling to Consciousness app. It's available in the Google Play Store and iOS Store. I will note that there is a small monthly fee associated to get these episodes ad-free. And this is an important part. Make sure that any purchases you make, you make on the website, travelingtoconsciousness.com, because products are going to be 15 to 30% more expensive through the app because, you know, the big boys got to get their own check. Even though you're purchasing this stuff through the website, you will still be able to enjoy all this content on the app. Now, if you prefer the free route, you can get a free login on the app, and that will grant you access to challenges and notifications when new episodes arrive, discounts, exclusive content, and so much more. All of this just by searching Traveling to Consciousness in your phone's app store, or click the link below. Now, Conscious Monkeys, let's get the show started. Holly, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's kind of exciting because dreams are one of those things that I have been absolutely fascinated with. I'm I've always been trying to lucid dream more, trying to astral project, all that stuff. But before we get into all that deep rabbit hole, um, what brought you, what, what, what would you consider a dream oracle to actually be? Uh, well, how I define dream oracle, and it's literally a definition that I came up with myself because I had never heard of anybody doing what I do. Um, so I just kind of coined it myself. Maybe it means something else to other people. Um, But for me, it's just somebody who can dream on behalf of others. So if you had a question, I can take your question into the dream world and get the answers for you while I'm sleeping and then wake up and then share the messages with you. So that's kind of the, the basic definition of what I consider a dream oracle. That's wild because... I definitely was not considering that to be a dream oracle. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what you were doing. Uh, but that's super cool. So do you, so like before you go to bed, do you like set your intention with like this person, that question, and then just see what happens in your dreams? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I work with my clients to kind of hone in on their question. And I do my best to make sure that it is as empowering as possible for the client. And then I go to sleep with the question and am present to the question throughout my dreaming. And I'll wake up throughout the night, record the messages down, 
and then wake up in the morning <laughs> and share share the messages with with the client. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, like in my experiences, like, you know, I don't dream, I guess, every single night. And it's kind of been a part of my practice to actually start, uh, you know, trying to get to that place where I do remember my dreams every night. So it is, I guess, is dreaming something that you net like, does that just come to you naturally? Like, are you able to do, you, let's put it this way. Do you dream every single night? I do. I do. I usually have like five to seven dreams a night. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it'll be like three, but no, I definitely, I definitely do dream every night. That's crazy. So then, so then are you, are you kind of conscious like in these dreams? Like, are you able to, cause like for those who don't know, like lucid dreaming is the fact that you're conscious whenever you're in a dream and you're able to kind of manipulate mm-hmm. it. So then is, I guess, lucid dreaming, does that come supernatural to you or do you just not really even mess around with lucid dreaming? So how I define lucid dreaming is just being aware that you're sleeping. And then a form of lucid dreaming is being able to control your dreams. So when I'm working with my clients, typically I'm lucid dreaming, but I'm not controlling the dream. I'm just kind of witnessing or going through the dream. And I'm very aware that I'm sleeping, but I don't control anything. I'm not, I just, I can't control any of those. Spirit's really great. Spirit just doesn't let me control any of those. And um, and then, yes, there's the lucid dreaming where the other type of lucid dreaming where you can control your dream. Okay. And so, so- sometimes I'm lucid um, and sometimes I'm not. But when I'm working with clients, then I'm lucid and conscious that I'm dreaming. Right. Because I imagine that it would uh, provide some sort of what's the word I want to look for here? Uh, it, it would provide some sort of, uh, <laughs> malpractice, let's call it. If you were someone asked you a question and then you were actively manipulating the dream <laughs> as you were going through it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That would, that would not be, um, like in integrity. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's take a step back because there's always a question that I love asking guests and figuring out is, is what was the you know, maybe you were, when you were a kid, um, maybe you had parents who, or school or parental fingers who tried to push you in a certain way or just figure out what Holly wanted to be when she grew up. So what was the first thing that you wanted to be whenever you were a kid? (laughs) You know, when I was a kid and somebody would ask me that question, I never had a word for what I wanted to be because I didn't, like what I wanted to be, I didn't, I didn't know what that was, but I knew that I wanted to do something big and I knew I wanted to work with humanity in a deep way. But, um, how do when you're five, how do you say that? So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes I was like, I want to be a vet. Um, but deep down I always had like this vision. And how do you, how do you tell adults that when you're five? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Uh, it might be a good thing you didn't know because some of them may have found a way to kind of push you back or hold you back from achieving such a thing. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That probably would have been the case. <laughs> so then do you feel like, do you feel like uh, being a dream Oracle is what is what that calling is or was, or that, because even at the beginning of this, you were saying that 
uh, you've never heard of a you've never heard of someone being called a dream oracle or it even being used in the way that you use it. So do you feel like, you know, a dream oracle was that thing that you were feeling whenever you were, you know, five, six years old? Um, I think there is a little bit of that, but it's also more of like what I'm doing in the sense of what I, what I'm like, my mission is with my dream Oracle school, you know, helping others to connect more fully with themselves, to align more deeply with their higher selves and their hearts. That's more of what I'm super passionate about. And right now, this just happens to be the vehicle that I'm using at this point in my life. So for right now, I mean, the answer is yes. I don't know how that may evolve, shift and grow in the future. But the whole working with others, helping people align with themselves, with their hearts, with their highest selves, that's what really feels like the big, like the big passion for me. Mm. That's awesome. So then was like dreaming something, because that's interesting, right? Because I assume Dream Oracle School and correct me if I'm wrong, but you teach people how to become dream oracles. And so, you know, on this progression, right, I'm curious if you always knew, because I'm, I'm interested in the dream oracle school, so we'll get there. But I'm curious mm-hmm. if you always knew how to how to dream or was dreaming always something you just naturally did? Like, like what was, do you remember your first dream? You know, what was your whole progression <laughs> like with dreaming? So I always did dream. And as a young girl, I was always curious about dreams. I remember having a dream journal when I was a child. I remember asking my mom about like, what are dreams? Where do we go when we dream? And she was always, um, when it came to dreams, she, she was very supportive. Um, she was always like, Oh, your spirit leaves your body and you go and you travel around. And you know, that was kind of the extent of it. And then you come back in your body when you wake up and now you're here. And so that's kind of what my mom told me. And I, I just didn't really know what to do with dreams. I often would try and decode and decipher my own dreams, but they didn't like when I looked things up, symbols up, it didn't really fully resonate. So for the longest time, I actually didn't work with my dreams because I didn't know what to do with them. And so even though I would dream every night, I kind of got away from journaling them and focusing on them. And then um, I started, I guess it was in my early 30s, I felt really called to start remembering my dreams again. and. So I would, I would love in the morning, this is actually one of like my tips on how to remember your dreams is I would always keep hitting my snooze button because when you hit your snooze and you like quickly fall back asleep, you fall back into a dream and you might continue that same dream or you would start a new dream. And then when you're like awoken, I would really focus on remembering my dreams. So I found that was like a really good tool to like work out the dream remembering muscles. And so then I just started doing that. And then it wasn't until 2017 when I went to Egypt that this whole dream oracle thing woke up and like woke up within me. And I really started to connect with the dream world in a much more 
conscious way and really understand. I don't know. It was weird. It was like literally all these things, just all this dreaming wisdom just kind of downloaded from spirit to me and also my teacher that I work with. And do you think that was a consequence of, because there's, there's an interesting like idea of where you get, I'm not sure where I fall with this, but like, if you go to certain areas like on earth that your spirit, your soul, your body, your human instrument combination, whatever you want to call it. When you go to certain areas on earth, you like receive downloads from, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, Help me out here. Either past lives or, you know, whatever. So do you, is that Mm -hmm. kind of like what you experienced or like, what's your interpretation of all that? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, So I think that that, is real to a certain extent. And for me personally, I do feel like if I had gone earlier in my life, it probably wouldn't have woken up as much just because I was not as, um, like I just wasn't as conscious or I wasn't as aware. I wasn't at that stage on my path to be awoken. So I think we do have energetic resonances with certain places of the planet and maybe even other planets too. And yeah, I think when we do go to these areas, there can be like a soul remembrance downloads. And I also think that our own consciousness can either stand in the way um, or, you know, we're just, I don't know if stand in the way is the right way to word it, but it's just like we may or may not be ready to consciously be aware of what those downloads are. Right. Because there's some sort of like barrier that you're experiencing in this current life that you need to kind of, I guess, either get past, understand, push through to unlock that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I had to do a lot of personal healing um, before I could really step into doing what I'm doing now. And I always wanted to do what I'm doing now, but I, I wasn't ready because I wasn't healed. So I think my own healing journey was a big stepping stone, a big piece of the puzzle that I needed to really dive into. And of course, I'm still always working on healing. It's not like, you know, I'm done, but I had to get to a certain place within that journey within myself, I think, to, to have the confidence to step into these gifts too. No, that that totally makes sense. And there's actually an analogy I have. I'm sure the audience has heard it before, but I'll explain it to you where, you know, I've experienced this in my life where I'll be trying to do something or get something done and it'll be like, you know, ramming my head into a wall, but then I need to almost do something like whether it's set boundaries or uh, I don't know, show myself more self-love or something. And it's almost like a gate system where then like this gate lifts up and that thing that was so difficult, I just like breeze through the next like 10 steps (laughs) and i've just noticed that these gates are kind of like placed throughout my life where it's almost this it's almost this barrier to prevent me from like you know overworking myself or realizing i need to focus on something else and then come back to this thing yeah a hundred percent i can totally relate to that (laughs) (laughs) cool plus one for the uh gate analogy (laughs) yeah it was it was interesting too something you said uh earlier was that your mom was telling you about where your spirit goes when you dream. And I find that so fascinating because I know whenever I was a kid, you know, if you have a nightmare and I assume majority of people can relate to this 
could be my projection, but I assume majority of people, when they have a dream, their parents tell them that it's not real. It's imaginary. It's made up. Don't worry about it. And I personally believe that might do some sort of suppression to actually trying to remember your dreams. Cause it's like, okay, this isn't important. I'm not going to remember it. So I found it really fascinating that you said that your mom actually almost encouraged it or cultivated it or was like, you know, this is the idea, like your soul goes somewhere else and does stuff. So, you know, were your parents kind of, or your mom at least kind of spiritually inclined in that, in that path? My mom was spiritually and is spiritually inclined for sure. And so I'm really grateful that she allowed that to foster and, and she didn't, yeah, she didn't do anything to like shut it down. She did a lot of things to kind of encourage that and i think you know just giving me the space to to have those dreams and to not um make them smaller or less real i think was ultimately super helpful that's awesome Mm -hmm. conscious monkeys i need to tell you about these psychedelic fabric mushrooms that are absolutely incredible that have just come across. They're all one of a kind and are honestly a perfect trip buddy. They're an incredible addition to anyone's like house or room who takes psychedelics and you have a certain spot that you like to go and relax. You're going to have to check out these Aquarius mushrooms. These high-end mushrooms are made with 100% recycled material and are all one of a kind. Honestly, these mushrooms are something I'm not going to be able to describe in words alone. You're going to need to check out the link below and search to see if you can find one that resonates with your soul. Remember, they're all one of a kind and made from 100% recycled material. Aquarius Mushrooms, premium mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Get yours today. Conscious Monkeys, I need to bring your attention to this company that I've been using over the past few months, and probably longer now if you're hearing this, that has absolutely changed the way that I'm actually interfacing with the world. It's a company by the name of Conscious Technologies, and what they do is actually create these harmonizing units. And what it does is it actually takes the rotation of EMF frequencies that are in your area and harmonizes them. They make them in line with the true natural frequency of the universe around you. And they're incredible products. I actually went and I've tested out their quantum flow unit. I've tested out their meditation bed, their core harmonizer. And quite frankly, they were so incredible that I actually bought the cell phone EMF harmonizer for my cell phone. I was also lucky enough that Ross threw in a necklace as well. So I've been wearing that thing. And quite frankly, I'm even wearing it to bed and my dreams have become so vivid and just intense that it's pretty insane. I honestly feel so grateful to have it. Their mission is to bring forth technologies that support the harmony of mankind and the world at large. Go check out their stuff. I mean, looking's for free. And if I'm being honest, if you click the link below and make a purchase, I do get some kickback. But quite frankly, I wouldn't be promoting it if it didn't work. So with that being said, go check them out. Conscious Technologies, LLC. Link below. Now, let's get back to the interview. Uh, also, speaking of like where you go, um, you know, I've always seen that there's like all these kind of like different, they're not competing theories, but just like different ideas of like what happens whenever you uh, are dreaming. So, like at this point in your experience, you know, given what you've been told, wh- where do you stand on, you know, like like what is a dream? Like where is it? What's happening? How are we even like conscious of it? Like how how do you even make sense of it all? So I think the answer to that is like literally all of the above 
in the sense of like <laughs> all the things that you hear out there, I think are all true. So I believe that when we dream, we go into the realm of spirit, the infinite, the universe, like we're never not a part of it. And our dreams are just that. And so we can have we can we can go to different dimensions we can go to different places we can explore different versions of ourselves different timelines we can connect with loved ones who've passed on we can even connect with souls that are perhaps coming in um and then there's also you know parts of our dreams when you hear like this psychological analysis of dreams how it's like processing out parts of your day or those things that you're trying to digest consciously or work through. Um, maybe you're experiencing stress or anxiety. And so there's dreams that help us and reflect that. And so they're not just one thing, dreams. They're infinite number of things. They're everything. Well, it's interesting too, right? Because, you know, in my mind, I've always kind of tried to categorize of like, oh, this is my subconscious playing out an idea. Or I've had that thought you're saying where it's like, oh, this is just me embodying myself in a different timeline. Or uh, what was the other one that I've thought of before? Or, you know, this makes no sense at all. This can't be real. This is ridiculous. Like you're kind of like in some like mystical place and it just doesn't make sense. So <laughs> it's interesting to hear you kind of break it down this way because it also feeds into the idea of, what would it be you know kind of how what it, what is it like we are the universe having a human experience you know not like a human experiencing the universe and, and and so it really fits that model but what becomes also interesting is like do you it feels like there might be a way that you would want to categorize it this is my analytical mind coming in so <laughs> i might be overanalyzing yeah, this no no it's great <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs> you're all for it all right so, yeah. <laughs> so are there certain dreams where you like come out and you're like, okay, that was a parallel timeline or you come out and you're like, okay, that was me in the spirit world or in this higher dimension talking with a, you know, a loved one or a deceased loved one, you know, is there, I mean, maybe the answer to this is that it doesn't even matter, but is there some sort of discernment that you kind of carry with that type of stuff? Yes, there is. And as you start working with your dreams more and keeping a dream journal is very foundational to this, um, you learn to start discerning what these different types of dreams are. There's so many different types of dreams. You know, there's prophetic dreams, there's healing dreams, um, dreams with like loved ones, dreams of other timelines. Like they will be yeah, there's dream. I remember being in this one dream and I was like, I don't think that I'm in a the dimension of Earth. I very rarely dream in the dimension of Earth, but this was like very different than what I normally dream. And I was like, I'm not like, what time am I in? And I remember going to finding a newsstand in my dream and like grabbing a paper to find out what the date was, <laughs> you know, so different dreams definitely have different feelings. And as you start becoming more conscious of the different dreams, of your own different dreams and how you dream, then you can start to discern between, okay, this one felt like this type of dream. This one felt like, you know, this other reality. This one felt like a future dream. This one felt like, you know, this kind of dream. 
are you, are you able to like call those up on demand then? Like, are you able to say like, before going to bed, like I want to have a prophetic dream or I want to experience the reality where I'm, I don't know, queen of, uh, America or president of America or something, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are you able to like call upon those alternate timelines or like, do you have that kind of control over it? You know, that's really funny you asked that because I've never actually really, there's, there's been certain things with my dreams where I'm like, I'll, I'll do intentions and I'll work with those intentions throughout my dreams, but I've just never set that intention or those types of intentions. So when I have prophetic dreams, I just allow those to come when they come. Um, and I've never thought of like, you know, I want to go to, well, actually that's not necessarily true because there's been times when I'm like, I want to go to connect with like the Pleiades or something like that. And, and things like that will happen. So yes, Yes, I guess the answer is yes. Um, but those are some good questions. I'm going to have to write those ones down and, <laughs> and uh, create those intentions. Because yes, I do work very much with intentions. I think other people call it dream incubation. I just learned this term. Um, that's what I think it's been typically known as. But I, I call it intentions. Interesting. Dream incubation. Mm -hmm. That definitely gives you more uh, yeah. niche down version of intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely. So then what is what do dream incubations? <laughs> what do this kind of like look like? Like, when does that almost start? Like, do you have almost like a this could even go back into whenever you're working on a certain question someone has, right? Like, do you uh, <laughs> I really like that dream incubations, um, intention setting for dreams. Uh, do you have like a 30 minute period before bed where you'll like go through a certain process that like sets off like certain intentions or what you want to experience or questions you have? And then do you kind of just like release it when you go to bed or like what is what what is your dream incubation process look like? So I when I'm working with clients or really focus on an intention, I will write it down and I will memorize it. So you know, maybe throughout the day, I'll look at it, I'll memorize it, I'll focus on it. And, and then I just take that with me when I go to sleep. So usually what I'll do is I'll have that written down beside my bed. Um, sometimes you, you can put it under your pillow. I just have it like on my night table. But for me, what is helpful is the memorizing of it memorizing of what that one intention is. And I take that with me into the dream world. So it is helpful to, you know, focus on it before you go to sleep, of course, but the memorizing of it for me is what I find is key. Yeah, that seems super important because I know mm -hmm. I, I have a dream journal that I'm very inconsistent with. I, I, you know, they help for sure. But I would even like, you know, whenever I go to bed, I'd like write down like the date and the time and then write down like my intention, like if I had a question or something. But I never like completely focused on it, like you're saying. You know, I kind of write it down, mm -hmm. and it was almost like a fifty-fifty shot if I got a dream that <laughs> would like answer that question. <laughs> so it, it sounds like there's a lot of utility in actually sitting there, memorizing it, and almost embodying that question as you go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you next time you do it, memorize it and let me know how it goes. <laughs> memorize it. And so, wh what does yeah. your memorizing process look like? Just being able to say it over and over or like, do you, yeah. as you fall asleep, are you saying it? Um, sometimes I am. 
if I'm working on a client for sure, because I'm like extra diligent. Um, but sometimes when it's just like for myself, I'll just kind of just, you know, I won't be as <laughs> as focused, but it'll still be memorized. But there's still always like an evening routine, kind of bedtime routine, which is just simple. Um, it can be as complex or as simple as you want, but I find that really helps with the intention as well. Mm. It's like saying yes. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, spirit, this is what my intention is. And I'm saying yes to receiving the information and, and like opening the door to that relationship, opening the door to that conversation. It's almost like you're feeling, yeah, you're almost feeling into the energy of the words. Mm -hmm. You almost need to like embody those at a deep level. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good way to kind of reword it yeah words are important right (laughs) (laughs) they are but you know it's also really interesting that i've learned with dreams is that words are so basic (laughs) (laughs) you know and like um like how dreams communicate with us are it's like you know we think why don't why don't we just why don't they just tell us because it's like the words are so basic and what needs to be said can't be said with words. It's so it's so interesting <laughs> you say this because uh, I, I do like um, I kind of do some channeling work. I mean, I have like Akashic readings, but I don't really promote it or anything. And I mostly learned it just so I could do it for myself. And it's so crazy. There's two things here. Number one, it's so crazy how like number one, you have to be so articulate and careful with the words you say because like you use one. I don't want to say wrong word, but if you like misspeak with a word, you might get like a, just a no answer. But then if you like alter two words, they'll give you like a, a 10 page monologue to like answer this idea because it's, it's almost like tapping into a slightly different frequency or like, I don't know how to articulate it, but I sure there's something similar with dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is why. I'm like my students will know that I'm very particular about the wording of intentions. And I remember uh, somebody gave me the example of, you know, so many people often try to manifest abundance, Mm. right? And they stop with the word abundance, but they're not saying, they're not defining what that abundance is. And so instead of having an abundance of wealth, they have an abundance of bills. Right. And so it's like you wanted abundance. Here's the universe is giving you abundance, but you didn't you didn't say that you wanted the the means to pay off these bills <laughs> and more. <laughs> you just you just stopped at abundance and now you have an abundance of bills. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually crazy too because if you're if you're thinking about abundance with regards to money, right? Like subconsciously, you're like I want abundance, I want abundance, but your mind is already fixated in a in a bill state, let's say you're like a debt state, then it's just like, it's just going to give you more of what you're already thinking about. It's going to be like, all right, well, here's mm-hmm. more debt. This is what you asked for. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? I didn't want this. It's like, what do you mean? This is what you asked for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so true. But yeah, no, the way our dreams speak to us, it's, it's, uh, it's so fascinating when I think about like words and intentions and how the messages come through. So I'm a little bit dyslexic and I feel like my dyslexia has actually like served me really well 
with my dreams because our dreams don't speak to us literally. You know, they don't speak like you read a page from right, left to right. Like, which way do we read a page again? <laughs> um, <laughs> you might but, be right to left. Yes. <laughs> Normal people left to right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, our dreams, our dreams are like that, too, because they're just like all over. It's like when you start getting messages, I don't know if you've noticed this with your dreams, there'll be this movie happening in front of you. And then suddenly you'll be like, oh, my God, I understand like all these pieces. It's all like fitting together from like different angles. And you're like, "Okay, it makes sense. But like if you're using your logical mind, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) I'm I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And that's and that's I think real difficult for me because I love getting analytical and logical about things. But, you know, to your point, it's like if you see. uh, Um what was it? I did ayahuasca. And this was like the same exact thing that they were talking about where it's like, okay, if you like see a, I don't know, an ex relationship, like a, an ex girlfriend or something, and you're talking to her and you, something happens, right. It doesn't mean that you should actually go out and start talking to her and, you know, do something right. There could be a deeper meaning here. That's more along the lines of how do you articulate this? Like maybe you need to actually like end it like maybe you still have like a connection or something that's leaking or you know i mean like of course it depends person to person but that's where it gets so fascinating of well you know these interpretations these symbols these meanings are gonna be different for everybody and that kind of goes to the beginning of what you were saying whenever you were getting all these symbols then you go online and research and you're like all right like i saw this I saw this uh egyptian pharaoh and everybody's saying this is the meaning for pharaoh but that's not (laughs) That doesn't make sense in my context. Yeah. So this is what I also teach in my dream oracle school is I teach people to understand their own personal dream language because we have our own symbology and own relationships with different symbols that are different for everybody. And so if you see something in the dream, it has a certain meaning for you. Um, and a completely different meaning for somebody else. And so that's why I find, you know, look up your dreams as like a very last resort. <laughs> Try and drop into your intuition and your heart and ask from that space, what do these symbols mean to me? And, you know, explore your dream from that place versus, you know, going to first thing to do, like look up your your dream. Well, I mean, and that was a, that was a huge thing with, like my pathway uh, because I remember I had like a really startling dream, which happy to share and get into. But the point being though, is that like, you know, utilizing my pathway, I was able to actually kind of figure out and discern the whole meaning for myself. Because if I would repeat that to you, you'd be like, okay, this is telling me, you know, X, Y, Z. But in reality, it's like, nah, it's like ABC is what this actually means in reality. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I think that's important when it comes to dream interpretation is giving whoever had the dream the space to discover what it is for themselves. So whenever I do dream interpretations, it's more about like asking questions to draw it out of you and to connect you to your intuition uh, and and feel into what it what it meant and go into like the energy of the dream. I love versus that. me like okay this is what it meant <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you know it's your dream 
No, it's so powerful. And I'm thinking of it in terms of regards to uh, like therapists, like this day and age. Uh, Cause I, I went to one, one time and you know, I sat there, I was very analytically minded whenever I was younger and I sat there and I was like, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And like went on for like 30 minutes like this or that, or this or that we get to the end of it. And he's just like, I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> and I'm like, I just sit there like, yeah, I know I'm overthinking it. That's not I didn't come <laughs> here for you to tell me why I'm overthinking it. it, but it's to your before I had no idea, but to your point, it's like, you know, if he was a, I don't want to say that I believe that a more skilled therapist or someone who's even helping on any form of emotional, or it sounds like even in a dream space, it's like in embodying the person or helping give them the reflection to get them to that point of, okay, what is it that you're looking for? Or, you know, what, what does it mean to you as opposed to, it's like, you know, I have my own personal shit that I'm going to attach meaning to any story, any dream that you could give me, and I'm going to make it my own. And, but that's not the answer for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, because yeah, for me, it just feels more powerful to help that person discover and connect in with their own intuition because deep down inside, they know, you know, we all know for ourselves. And so I think it's just more empowering to take that opportunity as well, take that moment as an opportunity to help them connect more deeply with themselves. Mm. Conscious monkeys, are you looking for a CBD cream that actually works? I've tried many different CBD products and I've really never truly felt like any of them have worked for me. Like maybe there'd be like a little bit of tingling and then it would fade pretty quickly. Then came along Revive CBD. From the first time I tried it on, I could tell that there was something different about this product. I noticed that any joint pain I had was gone within minutes of applying it, and it lasted for a significant duration. I don't have an exact time for you guys, but do your own test. (laughs) So if you're still looking for the right CBD cream, then this might be the right one for you, because if you resonate with my vibe, then maybe you'll resonate with this vibe. I actually kind of just made that up on the spot, so hopefully you liked it. Check out the link below. And as a side note, like always, the link below is an affiliate link. But again, I would not be promoting them if it didn't work for me. So hopefully it'll work for you. Again, check it out below, myrevibe.com. Get yours today. Conscious Monkeys, if you're looking to start your own podcast, I have the two tools that you need to use to get that show on the road. And the names are Buzzsprout and Riverside. I'm combining these into one ad because, you know, I've, honestly had nothing but the best for them. But if you're going to be using one of them, you might be using the other one. So what Buzzsprout is, is essentially the platform that I use to put my podcast out there. It's the reason you can hear this. That's the reason that I appear on all these different directories. The thing you might also need is that if you're interviewing people, you're going to need Riverside as well. And quite frankly, I'm using it right now to even just record these podcasts because they will even dilate in dilate in. I don't think that's the right phrase for it. They will harmonize your voice so that it sounds equivalent. So if I start talking quiet at one point, they have a built-in editor that will actually make your voice sound crisp. I highly suggest Buzzsprout and Riverside. Go check out the links below in the description. And like always, these are affiliate links. So I do get a minor kickback if you do sign up with them. However, like always, they are incredible. The Support has been on point and they always get back to me. So I highly recommend them if you have any questions that are there to help. 
So with that being said, go check it out in the link below and let's get back to the interview. I think that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you use the vehicle of dreams to help people with that deeper connection. Yeah. Yeah. I try to. (laughs) (laughs) That's the objective. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's so funny when I think about it, I'm like, Oh, how did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) That was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) Right. Um, So then where do, where do you kind of sit on like with these astral projections? Because I've, you know, my scope of, the reality the way i've kind of looked at these things is that lucid dreaming is kind of in the same realm of consciousness or the same and you might actually disagree with this because i think you said that you see dreaming as being at the spirit level and but this is what gets so weird about these conversations this comes back to language as well it's like we have all these different words i heard someone actually call it the shaman realm whenever referring to like astral projections Mm. and lucid dreaming and so i'm like okay we gotta we gotta get some definitions going here right um (laughs) So in my experience, I've identified lucid dreaming and astral projection as being a part of the astral realm, which then is the same level of consciousness. Uh, So before I even ask my question, um, how do those words resonate with you? Astral projection and lucid dreaming? Right. Those words? Yeah. I guess the astral realm. I mean, would you consider, I guess that's, that's a good, that's a good point. Would you consider the, what I describe as the astral realm being your spirit realm or those intertwined? Yeah, I feel like for me, they're intertwined. And I also feel like, you know, like the whole words comment, um, it's, it's, no matter what we say, I think it's going to be an inadequate way <laughs> or inadequate words to define something that can't be defined by words, if that makes sense. But I know we're in this human experience and we use words to communicate. And so I do feel that the astral realm, I I literally kind of like classify it all as the universe. And it's just like, so the different timelines, the different dimensions, the astral realm, the spirit realm, um, it's all the same and it's just like different aspects of the same space in different places within that space. Okay. It's like, it's like if you look at a house, it's like a house and there's the living room, the family room, the dining room, the bedroom, the master bedroom, the bathrooms, the laundry room. It's, it's like that. It's like they're different rooms, but they're all in the same house. Okay. So like each, <laughs> each room is a level of consciousness or state of consciousness. And then the house is the universe. Yes. Yes. I guess that would be, that would be a, a, a good way to put it. Yeah. States of consciousness, um, like tuning into different, yeah. States, places, dimensions, timelines. So then, you know, to even expand on this, right. So if we were to go to sleep, we're then tuning into the dream state of consciousness. Would that be accurate in your assessment? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Just like tuning into the realm of spirit. You're free to articulate it differently. (laughs) Um, No, I'm thinking about it. And like, I always just say like, when I say the dream world, it's, it's like 
the spirit world. Um, And sometimes it feels more real than this world. Sometimes I I think it's possible. It probably is more real than this world. Um, And so I feel like it can't necessarily be defined by just like one word because it's the infinite. It's everything. Okay. In one giant soup. (laughs) All mixed together. It's it's just one giant soup. We're experiencing a micro fraction of it all, which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so then, okay, let me, let me try to reorientate myself in my, in my own house, (laughs) in my own room (laughs) of the house. So then where is the, so, okay. So whenever I say astral projection, right, I'm thinking of you're actually like kind of, you're unable to, let's say manipulate material right like physical material like lucid dreaming in my assessment is that you're able to actually physically manipulate the structure of the conscious the conscious awareness experience that you're in and that would be my lucid dreaming in my assessment and then astral projection would be you know you're on this physical world or you're in this on the physical realm, but you're like a layer above where you're this energetic body that is unable to change the physical structure of it, but you're able to travel, you know, in the blink of an eye or at the moment of a thought or, you know, change time. So first of all, do our definitions there line up on the difference between astral projection and lucid dreaming? No, they're different. Okay. Good start. So, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So for me, astral projection is literally just the moment when you are projecting your spirit out of your body. That's astral projection for me. Astral travel is when you are traveling around in your spirit form and you are going about your adventures. So you could almost say that you are like astral traveling all the time in, in your dreams not mm. projecting. But I, I think some people they use them kind of interchangeably. So so I get your definition of it. Um lucid dreaming is when you are astral traveling and you are conscious of it. And then there's also the other form, a deeper form of lucid dreaming, which you are astral traveling and conscious of it and able to control it and shift it and change it. So those are my definitions. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I, so if I astral project, then that's kind of just the moment that my astral body is leaving my physical. Now, yeah. You know, once I've astral projected, I can either, well, I guess, so astral projection would be that moment of the body leaving. Astral traveling is then any movement I do after astral projecting and while I'm astral traveling, I can either interact with this physical world or, or maybe, and so maybe this is where we get a little different, but mm-hmm. we can interact with this physical world, but I'm not able to manipulate it. But then there's mm-hmm. a caveat shift where then, where then there is a different form of astral traveling, which is lucid dreaming, where I am mm-hmm. actually able to manipulate the fabric of my perceived reality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you can definitely astral project and then astral travel to, say, your mom's house and be like, Mom, did you get a new plant? 
and then like wake up and ask her if she got a new plant and yes she got a new plant because yes you you witnessed that while you were astral traveling in this dimension in this earthly realm and then you could also in another dream or later dream astral travel to you know a different time and place so to speak and become lucid in that and manipulate that and then you know what what deeper conversation this can dive into too is like how can we lucid dream ourselves awake in this reality so i believe that this is also a dream so if this is also a dream how can we lucid dream this dream i haven't totally figured it out yet but i'm just saying like okay this is no, I like you know, you know what I'm, you know where I'm going. So this I is do. where this is where I feel like dreams can be such a a great tool for spiritual awakening, because if we if we can expand our minds and our experiences in these different dreaming spaces, how can that how can we bring those wisdoms into our reality and our experience here. So to kind of summarize what you're saying, make sure we're on the same page, make sure the audience is on the same page because <laughs> this is going to get fun real quick. <laughs> what your articulation is, is that you, so you believe that we are currently in a dream. Now where it gets interesting, right? Is to reverse engineer this. It's because that we, dream outward we have dreams and those dreams place us into different realities where we then get messages and we bring that back to this reality now where do you because i have a little bit of a different interpretation of where we're at but then in that line of thinking why would this be if this was a dream wouldn't we be able to technically speaking be able to retroactively snap our fingers and be in a different dream automatically like like what in your belief, like what anchors us in this as being our, let's say, anchor reality or our baseline dream or our anchor dream? So I think it's our denseness, like our physical denseness of the material world. And I think it is our state of consciousness that we're not at a place where we can do the things that we can do in the in the quote-unquote dream world that keeps us in this like heavy like like i can't snap my fingers and suddenly make this room purple you know or snap my fingers and manifest a unicorn right so then so then you're but you are able to escape this physical the physical density so then here's the question then what makes this reality physically dense compared to the other realms whenever you're going to bed and then going somewhere else i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean these are all questions you know it's just like i feel like you know it's it's tough for me to say like i believe this sure it's like i think this is this is like the most this is possible so okay. like I think that this is possible that this is a dream and I think that it is possible that our dreams are more real than this reality. And I think that perhaps what is creating the denseness is just 
this particular dimension that we are, well, we think we are more consciously present in. And so we, I think maybe, maybe it's because we've collectively, and I'm just like going off the cuff here. Like maybe it's just that we've collectively like agreed that, you know, this is a rock. I'm holding up like a little crystal right now, some fluorite. It's like, this is a stone. This is a crystal. And we collectively all believe that this is heart, you know, water is water and it flows and we believe that. So it flows. And so it's like, we've all kind of, it's like our, our beliefs create this system and create this world. And, and then there's also like science, you know, there's like gravity that keeps us together that keeps us from like not falling apart. So there's those things that also, you know, we experience and I don't know, maybe we experience it because we believe it. I don't know. These are like really great questions. And yeah, I just, I just really have more questions. (laughs) (laughs) It's always, I mean, that's honestly feels like spirituality in a nutshell is like once you discover like the next layer you're like oh okay cool i figured it all out and then something happens and you're like wait now i have 500 more questions like totally (laughs) where does this go but there but there seems to be an interesting somewhat uh, truth in what you're saying because if if whenever i go to bed right i've always had this belief that you know certain dreams as you've articulated uh are me in a different reality like for instance, recently, um, maybe this was a couple months ago, I was having dreams. I started playing like Apex Legends for a little bit on the phone. And every dream I had was actually like me in Apex Legends, like playing. And I was like, shit, I got to stop playing this game because it's like invoking these dreams. Um, I haven't completely stopped. But the point is, right, is that like I felt like I was actually putting myself in a reality where clayton of some sort was actually in an apex legends world or realm right so if that holds true that i am actually experiencing apex legends version of clayton then who's not to say that that version of me is not dropping into this reality from time to time and saying oh like clayton in a you know as a podcast you know, person like this is a cool reality experience. Like this is weird. Like he just talks into this microphone and someone records him. Like, like that's kind of interesting. Like, yeah. And that apex guy is like dreaming that he's podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you're dreaming of the apex predator. Right. But so that's interesting. Sorry. No apex. I said apex predator. That wasn't right. I was thinking something else, but yeah, video game. (laughs) It's funny though because a predator is like the highest rank you can get in Apex. Oh, okay. So you know you do somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> you knew yeah. it somewhere. Is in there somewhere? Um, but but that's interesting, right? Because then, but but then there has to be something though that like anchors podcast clay into the podcast reality where he hosts a podcast, right? Because it's not like I don't know. Because to me, like this always feels more real than any dream that I've. I mean, dreams feel real, right? But like afterwards, you know that you were somewhere else, right? Like we we consider that being somewhere else or um, a different experience or a different reality. So there has to be some part of us that actually is like, wait, wait, like this is this one is my reality. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I always like because I, I ask myself that same question and it's just like, 
I asked myself then, have I just like really bought into this illusion? Like, is this just something that I, f- I, I feel because this is where I'm consciously present? I feel it so strongly because this is where I'm consciously present because in the dreams, they feel just as real as this reality. You know, in the dreams, you're doing like weird stuff that doesn't make sense according to this reality. But in that reality, you're like, this is 100% real. <laughs> These are the rules. This bathroom that I'm in is the weirdest bathroom, but it makes sense. You know, you're like, why? So it's it's kind of like we're having this conversation in this reality or in this dream. And it feels very real and it seems more real. And this is what we are present to in this moment. And then when you go to sleep, you're present to other realities and other moments that feel for me, just as real as this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's wild, man, it's wild. <laughs> well, but he, okay. So here's, okay. Here's where it gets interesting. So there are techniques, right. To induce lucid dreams. And I, so I've like read a couple of books on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you've got some techniques. You heard of this, but there's a couple things, right? Where if you're lucid dreaming or uh, whatnot, like there's a couple things you can do to make sure that you are actually lucid dreaming. One of them is to look at your hand and count your fingers because you'll never have five fingers. Number one. Number two is is something like rereading a same sentence twice because if you reread it twice, then it'll never be like the same words. Uh, another one is like if you push your finger into your palm, like it'll go through it in a dream. If you push it into like some sort of fabric, it'll go through it. So I don't know what the question is. I mean, I guess the question is like, how does this, like how would our perceived reality be different and be able to wake us up in a different dream? Do you understand where I'm going with this? I don't know the right question, but (laughs) do, do you like get where I'm going with that? Um, I think so, maybe. Um, but yes, okay, so let's let's talk about like this this these tips on the finger like in the dream. Cause I've I've heard this before. So I started lucid dreaming because somebody talked about lucid dreaming and that's how I started lucid dreaming. So I never I never did these techniques. I heard about these techniques like in the last couple of years. And uh-huh. so I tried the whole like it was either like pulling your finger and it'll stretch or like putting your finger and it'll go through your palm. And I remember being in a dream and I was like, this has got to be a dream. And then I remembered that technique and I, I tried to put my finger through my hand and it did not go through. Really? <laughs> so I was like, this is the craziest, like, what is happening? Because I thought I was like, that's supposed to work. They say it works, but it didn't work for me. And like, clearly this isn't a dream then. So what's happening? And so I think that experience that I had in the dream world is kind of like this experience in this reality. You know, it's like, I thought that that was this. So what's to say this isn't the dream world? What's to say that you can't poke your finger through? Okay. So this is going to get weird. So <laughs> I love weird. When I was so in go for Egypt, it. When I was, when I was in Egypt, I don't know if I've ever publicly shared this before. Um, but when I was in Egypt, I was at a restaurant and I was I was cutting a piece of chicken. So I had my fork holding the piece of chicken and then I had my knife to cut it. 
And when I went to cut it, my knife went, it was like the matrix where my knife went through the chicken and through the, through the plate and the plate like dipped in under the table and like sprung back out. Like that happened. Really? <laughs> like, There's some weird stuff that happened when I was in Egypt. And so that, that was like the finger going through the hand in this reality. So this is why it, it, there's so many questions. It's like, what, how do I know this is real? How That's do I know? I don't know if this is real. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a crazy person. Maybe I should be in like a psych ward, you know, like crazy shit happens. <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, but see what's weird, right? Is that we define people as being crazy because they're experiencing a reality that isn't grounded in quote unquote this one, right? There's, um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember reading a book by, I think it was one of Dora Loris Cannon's book. Are you, are you familiar with her and like life regression mm-hmm. now? So she, no, uh, I've like, heard of her, but yeah, I, yeah, I've heard of her, but I don't, I've never read any of her work. So she basically does like past life regression. She's a hypnotherapist and is like her whole bit is like, you know, regressing people into a past life, going up into them dying in that past life and then going into like the spirit realm. And Dr. Michael Newton has a lot of great uh, books as well. Uh, But what was really interesting is that um, I guess there's like this giant quilt that exists and it's basically the quilt of like the intertwined connection of like all the souls essentially um, where, you know, it's basically this never ending quilt and it's like the progression of all the souls and how they're intersecting and intertwined with everything. And uh, the guy was like talking to the, the guy she regressed, his soul was talking to the guy that's in charge of protecting the quilt. And the guy who's protecting the quilt said that, like the guy okay let me back up a little bit the guy who entered the quilt room asked the let's call him the master of the quilt like you know why is this like what are these and basically explained everything that i've explained here he then went on to say like to be careful of this knowledge because there was somebody who uh was in this reality in this physical dimension who became aware of the quilt and actually tried to destroy it and what happened was, is that because he did that, it somehow messed up his perception of reality. And he ended up in this physical reality, needing to actually go to a psych ward because it became very hard for him to distill reality from like this physical world, from the spirit world, because to him, it was like, he saw all this like shit and he understood how it was all intertwined and by knowing it's almost like by knowing too much, he like screwed up himself mm-hmm. in this physical reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, my teacher has talked about things like that, not about the quilt, but just about how she's like, she's like, Holly, you'd never believe how many awakened beings there are that are like homeless or like in psych work. It's like literally sometimes um, when people awaken too quickly for their, their physical bodies, like too much light enters their body into their being and it, it uh, they, they can't function in this, this reality anymore. And so, yeah, they, they often can end up in like a psych ward or a place like that, or just like on the street because they can't function in the way that society is structured and the way that this world functions they can't function in it so i've heard that before so that makes sense (laughs) Uh, that's interesting that's interesting to hear you almost validating that too conscious monkeys 
I've got something out there for all my coaches, anybody who has digital courses, anybody who's creating content, whether it's audio or video, you got to check out SuperPass. SuperPass is the super dope platform that I've been using now, and they're actually what has enabled my app to work. It's what's enabled me to start generating income and to help people more effectively. If you are a content creator, you create audio, video, whatever it may be, SuperPass might be the choice for you because they'll provide you with your own app and they have a great online service to also help you out. So I'm not going to put in too much because everything they do is way too much to pack into this one ad. I will say go click the link below because that is where you'll be able to find all the information. This is an affiliate link and I wouldn't be promoting them if it didn't help me. Click the link below and go check out SuperPass. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the last segment of the interview. That's crazy because then it's like, you know, that's where it gets really interesting, right? Because we write people off as being crazy. And then it's like, and this is, wow, holy shit. Because then, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like, it's like the the line between crazy and genius is like very thin. Mm, mm-hmm, I've heard that. Oh, that's so, I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> but that's wild, right? <laughs> That's wild, right? Because we always denounce people who could actually be geniuses as crazy, but it's like, you kind of have to be crazy in order to, you know, transform the world in your image or transform the world the way you see fit. But then, you know, yeah. do you have something to say on that? Yeah, no, I was just thinking about, you know, sometimes when I see people who, yeah, maybe have some sort of like mental disability, I am always like, fascinated by them too because i'm like what is your world like like because your reality how they experience world the world is so different and and to me i find that just really interesting because it's real for them just as real as this is for us like and even my world is completely different than your world and like we're having this moment where we're connecting right now but like your reality i'm sure is so different than my reality and that's also interesting to think about from like a dreaming perspective too this is why i like question so many things i'm like what is real (laughs) i don't know you know it's like we 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 i'm going on a tangent anyways go ahead no go with your tangent you're feeling it (laughs) no i was just i was just thinking about like time too how time like time in dreams exists so differently than time here you know time is is such a benefit in certain regards, because it's like, well, we had our scheduled meeting now at 1130. And it's like, we had to meet at that time. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. So linear time is really helpful. And it also, I think, can limit us in in possibilities of reality and what reality actually is. Because when I'm dreaming, for example, I, I literally feel like I'll dream like an entire week or an entire month in an evening, like over, say, eight hours. So it's like, how is that? What What is time? <laughs> what is anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of truth in that, right? Because I know I've had one or two dreams, not too many, but a couple dreams that have had that feeling of being like 72 hours or like just like they would never end, which I mean, looking back, you know, it's just so wild because you're like this happened and this happened then that happened then this happened then that happened. And it's like all of that's wrapped into only a couple hours of, you know, this time. 
so this time mm-hmm. of like this physical mm-hmm. reality time. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is quite a, a tangent we've we've gone on from like I, I love are dreams real or is this more real? <laughs> That's what we do here. <laughs> That's what this podcast <laughs> all about. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So you you hit it. You you checked off what we were trying to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I uh, love conversations like this. It really gets you thinking. Yeah, no, I mean, especially if I'm able to push your, I mean, because the way I view it is like, I'm trying to push my line of thinking or the way I see it. And then, you know, to bring on somebody who completely sees the world in a different light, you know, with regards to being a dream oracle, you know, it pushes my way of thinking, right? Because, you know, I've always, to get back to where I see it, like, the way I saw it, at least before this conversation, was that, you know, this is the reality that I chose to experience. And I get that there's other realities. Like, like my fundamental view was like, okay, I have a soul. And a part of my soul was like, okay, this is the fundamental reality. But at the same time, like, I completely agree that there's parallel realities of my existence that are occurring simultaneously. So like, what is it that fixes me into this reality as being like the baseline right like like could you imagine if you woke up tomorrow and you know i was no longer like a podcast you know person or i was like i I don't know some sort of let's say i was homeless for all tents and purposes like let's say i was homeless doing nothing had too much information was basically denounced crazy it's like it's weird because you like how could you even possibly wake up in that timeline because of the knowledge that i have now and part of me feels like I'm starting to overanalyze this, right? I'm unable to almost articulate the sense of being. Because it's like you'd have to completely forget yeah. that you were a podcast person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so I, I want to back it up a bit because I want to say, like, you know, I totally feel you on, like, how y- how you perceive what with this experiences because on many levels I do as well where I'm just like you know my soul decided to have this experience I'm Holly Emerson and I'm this dream oracle here on earth and like I'm very present to this reality and yes there's all these other dimensions and why am I present to this one what makes this one more real than the other so I, I totally totally see that and I also just have a lot of questions <laughs> <laughs> you know because because the dreams like just they you know okay so i had this dream recently like two months ago where i met an old friend in a dream and he was like oh i met your other version and i was like oh cool tell me all about her like what does she do and i can't remember what she does she did something some sort of like professor research type work or something and it just it it made so much sense that this other version of myself did this other thing and so i woke up and i was like oh my god (laughs) So is that other version of me like fully in that experience right now? But it's me. But like, and then the other thought is like, you know, if we're all one in the sense of like, we are all one soul, one energy, and we're all just like, like you're me, I'm you, my dog is me. Everything that I see is like a reflection. Everything you see is a reflection of you. So it's just you. There's like nothing else in the universe, but just you. Like that's kind of wild to think about too. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've had that, I've had that cover. It's interesting. I've had that conversation before on this podcast, but I, but the way you worded it felt different. <laughs> like it's just you, which is because <laughs> well, it kind of feels lonely. <laughs> it feels lonely, but it also doesn't. <laughs> it's weird. Well, God bless the illusion of separation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I guess this is why people would be driven to insanity because if you sit there and analyze this to a certain extent and you get to a point that it's like, okay, like, it all is just me. It's like, I don't know because I guess that feels like it would kind of trigger like a dark night of the soul in some regards where it's like, oh shit, like that deep feeling. But then you hit hit this catalyst of like, all right, cool, I can do whatever I want. Like, there is no like limitation right like i can create or bring together anybody or anything that i would want and i guess it can be you know it could take you to that realm of crazy or it could really be an empowering thought yeah yeah for sure it could go either way <laughs> choose your own destiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah I mean, that's what gets really interesting with regards to like, that's what really gets really interesting with regards to the more physical world stuff of like, you know, judgment or self-criticism, because it's like, you know, how many times have we been told, like when you judge somebody else, you're just judging yourself. And it's, you know, it's really, it really gets, and, and I mean, even, even just having that lens of like, you know, trying to see how someone is experiencing what they're experiencing it's such like a it's such like that's a mind twist on its own like i have gone out to like bars and restaurants and just like saw people walking by and been like i wonder what it's like to like be that person and like really try to drop in and be like okay what like is their life like and like how it's crazy how like accurate you can actually get sometimes with like the way that their life shaped but it's just like it's like that is a completely different reality that i'm not experiencing Hmm. yeah yeah it's wild <laughs> Well, so then, but then I guess it gets interesting because if you trace it back to like the spirit, your spirit at some point had to choose that you wanted to, I don't know (laughs) where my mind's going with this is like, how much of this is actually beneficial and how much of this is kind of just like for fun. But I don't know. I guess it all is for fun. I feel like I'm getting too analytical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if this is, if we're already in like the metaverse, you know? I like joked with my husband. I was like, maybe you and I are actually like on a first date and we're going to go to a movie after. And this is the first date like this life. And we've just like put on like this like headset and we've gone into this virtual reality and we're living this life. And then we're going to take this headset off and we're going to just be somewhere else. And we're going to go have dinner and a movie or something after. I always find it interesting how much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? how many parallels there are with uh, like simulation theory and like the reality that we're actually <laughs> experiencing. Um, Cause there is so much, I mean, I feel like I look at it from a soul perspective. Like the soul is the more real, more, more real. That's even a weird thing. The more real version that is actually, let's say in control or in charge. And it said, Hey, I want to have a human experience. And a part of signing up for that, you know, putting on its meat suit, it's human meat suit. It was like a part of that is actually forgetting where I came from and then just trusting the process or learning the rules of the game and then, you know, figuring out your way within them. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's this Apple Plus TV show called uh, Severance. And the basic storyline, there's not going to be any spoiler alerts, um, but the basic storyline is there's these people that go to work and they've agreed to let this company do this like procedure on their brain. So when they, they go into the elevator at their work and they go down and they, they arrive at, you know, their workstation. But when they arrive, when the elevator opens at the bottom, and it's also interesting that the elevator goes down, um, they descend. And then when it opens, they forget everything on the outside world. So they call it their innie and their outie. And, and it's like, we, and they, so they don't, they don't know any, they're, they're, Audi doesn't know anything about like their work, their innie, and their innie doesn't know anything about their Audi. And um, oh. I kind of feel like we're all innies right now because we don't remember. <laughs> That's got to be so true. I, I, I'll have to check that out. You said it's called Severance? Yeah, Severance. It's, it's a really weird show, but <laughs> it kind of kind of blew my mind when I was like, oh my God, we're innies right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's too crazy. I mean, and then I don't know. So then, well, but here's what's interesting and what's like still picking at my mind is the uh, story you shared whenever you were in Egypt is like, if you were able to experience that, that bending, you know, of that table with that knife cutting through it, you know, that to me, that's like very much like, Oh, what happens in a dream? Do, do you feel like that was something you controlled? Was that something that just kind of happened? Like, like, why wouldn't you experience that more often if this wasn't a dream? Yeah, I mean, those are great questions. I think I personally haven't experienced it. Maybe because, like, my mind is like, no, that can't happen. <laughs> that can't be real. You know, like, there's right. maybe a lack of belief in it um, because it literally defies physics as we know it, right? I mean, I'm not a physicist, but I think it probably <laughs> doesn't make definitely breaks some laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we've got some law breaking there. So, um I think I think as humans we're like really fragile with our beliefs. You know, like we hold on to our beliefs no matter what they are. We hold on to them really tightly. And it's that inflexibility for me, <laughs> you know, that that I haven't been able to like put my knife through my plate again. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, even though I'm open to it, there's, there's gotta be somewhere within me. That's like, no, no, that can't be. That's interesting. What was the, there was something I was thinking about recently. Oh, so I, I spent like a good amount of time, like in the fat industry or the fat industry. I, I was fat in high school, but <laughs> in the fitness industry, <laughs> in the fitness industry of like trying to learn that stuff. And, and something that always kept getting repeated was this idea that you cannot, gain muscle and lose fat it was like this idea was like you can either be gaining muscle and gaining fat or you can be losing muscle and losing fat and the goal was is to just minimize the amount of fat or the minimize the amount of muscle that you lost and minimize the amount of fat that you gained and where it got interesting is i was actually uh thinking about this the other day and i was like there has to be a way to gain fat and lose or <laughs> there has to be a way to gain muscle and lose fat and then the next thought I had was that's impossible. And then I, and then it came in and I was like, why is that impossible? 
like the amount of shit that I've experienced in the last year of my life, let alone just the conversations I've had on this podcast. And we're going to sit here and say that it's actually impossible to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Like to me, that kind of just like blew my mind. Mm. And it kind of goes to your point of like, you know, how deep does the programming go? How deep does the matrix actually go to what we determine as being impossible and possible? And it's something I also mm-hmm. love that I'll wrap it up on is like, if you, uh, you know, the word impossible is basically I'm possible, which is so mm-hmm. hilarious that we, you know, created it in such a fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had this, this dream message and it was, um, like, oh, I had it on one of my candles. I had this candle collection and I had it on the candle, but I'm trying to get it word for word. But it was like, you, you'd be surprised at like how possible the impossible is. You know, like we already do so many impossible things. Like, like how does our body function? You know, like that's, it should be impossible. Like our heart beating and, and like all these things firing, like that seems impossible, but it's possible. And yes, the impossible is so possible. It's just the impossible is literally just like an opinion. It's a belief. It's a thought. Right. And I mean, the, so the, where my mind went with it, right. Is like the whole, uh, what was it? Like, uh, Oh, like a flight, like airplanes for the longest time in the world. Everyone said that's impossible. That's impossible. It's impossible to fly planes. And now present day, it's a, First of all, it's a miracle, but now we just take it for granted as like, oh, yeah, of course you can fly planes. Like, yeah, they were dumb back in the day. It's like, well, uh, let's mm-hmm. transcend this. And it's like, well, then what else are we saying is impossible that is probably possible? We just don't know how. It's almost like someone intelligent got to the end of knowing how and was just like, I'm throwing up my arms. That's impossible. And then everyone's like, oh, okay. Like, this really smart person mm-hmm. said it's impossible. So we all just need to accept that it is impossible. Yeah, yeah. And even going back to like fitness, look at athletes. Look at look at the Olympic athletes from like 50 years ago to the Olympic athletes today, the records that are being broken today, the things that like gymnasts are doing today, like it's crazy. The human body, like we have we have like surpassed the limits every year of what you know we thought was the best. It's impossible to be that fast or whatever, but the barrier just keeps moving. It does, yeah, yeah. Because I know there was a—I think it's the four-minute mile—is for like seventy years or something. Like they had scientists explaining why it's impossible for like the human body to run a four-minute mile. They like everybody. It was like eighty years or something of people just like saying that it's impossible for people to run a four-minute mile, and then after all this time. Somebody actually ran it in like 358 or something. And after he broke it within like the next six months, like 17 other people broke the record. It's like, it's so like, to me, that shit is just it's so It's like the crazy. hundred monkeys, right? What's the, the hundred monkeys? monkey thing. What's that? So, okay. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's like, it's like we go, we grow collectively. And so there was these monkeys that were on like this one isolated island and they like started, I, I don't know if they were trying to like open something, but they started like using tools or something like that to open, I don't know, like a coconut or something. And then like 
or or it was like they were given some sort of problem and okay. when they figured it out there was like monkeys on the other side of the world that also uh, yeah. figured it out so it's like this hundredth monkey thing and so it's like when we as a collective expand our consciousness or expand a belief so in this case you know the four minute mile it's like suddenly we we saw it, it's possible and then now we're looking we're pushing beyond you know because we know that that's possible it's like i i grew up figure skating and you know when people were doing like triples and quads it's like 50 years ago it was just like you know an axle <laughs> yeah <laughs> now it's like how can people rotate that fast in the air it's like no that's impossible but it's possible everything's it's just yeah it's really great um to think about our beliefs and like our limiting beliefs and what what is actually possible i know that there was also that similar phenomenon happened with uh bmx riding because i remember i remember when i was a little kid like doing a double backflip on a motorbike was like considered like the craziest thing like impossible they're <laughs> pretty sure it was i'd look back mm-hmm. at that but i'm pretty sure they considered it impossible to do a double backflip on a um i think it was like best trick for uh bmx and now it's like people are just hitting like triple black backflips like it's nothing and it's like it's just like one of those things it's so crazy like that that's quite frankly the the mind and and even on your your thing about the hundredth monkey i know to even as a real world humans to prove that this like extends to us i know that they have gone back and actually recorded i think it was over 300 it was at least 100 but well so let's say 100 100 different instruments or tools that they had found in like all over the world right in like asia in uh like this is like back in the day like mayan civilization egyptians like asian all of these civilizations that would have never had contact with each other. And they found that at like the same exact time period, like within the span of like 10 to 15 years, something like that, they all created hammers. They all created bowls. They all created like these different like technological progressions. And yet they would have had no conversation with each other whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And it's cool too. <laughs> yeah. It's cool too, to make it, to make it even personal. Like I've kind of, uh, I've kind of taken on, I think I've kind of taken this on as like my thing with this podcast is to be able to push people past that limit of like what's possible because I started realizing, and this is actually probably a different way of articulated before, but I've started realizing that like my limitations are kind of governed by the limit of what the entire world believes. So like, for example, right. If people don't believe that a human being can actually fly without any, let's say without anything, what was I say? What with it's probably a bad example because that's probably a pretty limiting belief. Let's say read read people's energies or see an energy. If you know, I want to be able to expand my ability to do that, then it's like almost it's almost a it's almost beholden to me. It's it's advantageous to me to help other people see how possible things that we consider being impossible are. So that if I'm able to help expand the consciousness around anything, then it would be in my benefit because then I would be able to benefit from that expansion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so is that why you're doing this podcast? <laughs> 
well it started out because i really just was having connected conversations with people and like because i had went through like psilocybin therapy and stuff to like you know go through trauma and sexual trauma and you know really alleviate it really alleviated a lot of uh what's the word i'm looking for here really alleviated a lot of suffering in my life and so i was like i'm having connected conversations people are on the same frequency as me so let me start talking to people and then it kind of transitioned into spirituality so then i wanted to focus on people in the spirituality space and um it really kind of did it selfishly just for myself to have these conversations but i I think as that's been like going on and progressing it's really come to this like there's just more reasons to do it like help other people Mm -hmm. arise, get people out of suffering, expand other people's consciousness because then it expands my own, you know? So I think it's like one of those Mm -hmm. things that's like this extra, extra topping on the Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe there was like this, it's, it's like maybe you're conscious of it now, but when you started it, it was actually like your soul pushing you to do this for this result but you weren't aware of it, but you're more aware of it now. That's so true. There's definitely truth in that. Cause it sounds like it's pretty yeah. similar to what you experienced yeah. as well with like, you know, the idea of wanting to help people at a mass scale and who knows, like we even talked about at the beginning, like maybe right now it's just doing a dream Oracle, starting a dream Oracle business and then down the road, it'll evolve. Hmm. Yeah, who knows where things will go. But yeah, I mean it is Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting when you when you look at like motives behind things. <laughs> your intentions, your dream uh Yeah. What would, it, what would we call it dream uh <laughs> dream incubation? Dream yeah. incubation. <laughs> I don't know who, I don't know who came up with that term first, but it wasn't me cuz I called it intentions and and then I learned that everybody else called it dream incubation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same it's like almost just like a niche down version of intentions yeah well yeah. so so here's something that just came to mind like would so you were saying uh earlier that you that you will work with people to figure out their question and then once they figure out their question and their intention you just go to bed sleep on it and answer that question uh is there I, I would assume that then puts a limit on how many people like are you only able to do one person per night then yeah, and I I limit the readings that I do lately just because I'm doing so much work with my students in the dream world. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I try and limit it. I think I'm going to open up some more readings here soon. Um, so yeah, but yeah, usually it depends on the type of reading, but sometimes I'll even dream for one person for like three nights because I find that I'll get layers of answers so i get like a fuller picture of how to explain to the person so they can maybe more fully understand what it is that they need to heal understand maybe where that seed was planted in their life that belief was planted so they can like really go back to fully understand and so sometimes most of the time no actually it it depends. It depends on the the client. But sometimes it'll I'll dream for three nights. Sometimes it'll be like one night and I like everything came through. Interesting. 
that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so then, and so then once you have like all that information, do you just like give it back to them? Like, Hey, here's what happened. Or do you put some sort of like, uh, interpretation on it? Or do you like work with them to figure out the interpretation for themselves? So for those dreams, because they're my dreams, I interpret them. Like usually when I have dreams like that, I'll get like a download in the dream. So it's weird. It's like I'll see the, the, the movie of the dream, the whole dream. And then literally spirit, it feels like something is being like put through like my crown and like put into my brain to understand everything. And it, it'll like usually kind of jolt me awake a bit and then I'll record it all down. And then I'll also remember the dream. So when I talk to my clients, we'll usually connect over Zoom. And sometimes it depends on depends on the client, but sometimes I'll explain the dream and then I'll share about the messages or sometimes I'll just share the messages and maybe some key symbols that came up. But for those dreams, how it works is I have my own personal dream language and my guides and I have worked to to understand like so my guides send send me the messages and they speak to me in my dream language because they know we know my dream language my guides and I and so my guides will connect with the guides of my client and my client's higher self give that information to my guides and then they distill it to me through my dream language Mm. gotcha so that's why it's not really effective for like I don't need to tell the client the whole dream because they might try and interpret it in a different way. And so sometimes that can be good. Like there might be, like I said, some things that I'll share, but generally it's, it's in my dream language. So it probably won't make sense to the client. (laughs) Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So then do you do like interpretations for other people or do you try to stay away from that? I have like, interpretation like intuitive guidance sessions that I'll do so if somebody's like really stumped on on a dream um we can we can connect and usually like I I do actually get quite a few intuitive hits around what the dreams are and we'll dialogue and we'll discuss it and like like I said before it's like I I try and connect them with their intuition to understand what the dream meant for them and so I, I do that in a way by asking specific questions to help them go deeper within themselves to find those answers. So that's kind of how my dream interpretation sessions work that are a bit different. I have done dream oracle readings for people when they've had reoccurring dreams and they're like, why do I keep having this dream? And then I will go into the dream world and find out why they're having the dream and then Mm. tell them why. So I've done readings like that too, which I actually find those ones to be more effective (laughs) because it's the like the human mind isn't involved it's just spirit the dreams and this is the message gotcha yeah that's interesting because that's something um even like in my pathway stuff where i've started been able to i've started even in my normal life i'm starting to be able to discern like whenever it's my and and you probably heard it throughout this podcast too whenever it's like my human mind like stepping in trying to analyze trying to rationalize as opposed to just the almost reflex nature or the reflex words that I'm thinking of. And it's like, Oh, this is it. Like, and I have no clue where sometimes it comes from. And it's just like, this is, this is it. Say this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me see here. Uh, so what, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of running out of questions. Do you have anything else you want to share? And then we might just wrap this up early. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else. I don't know. Just, I guess if, um, yeah, I guess I could tell people that if they are curious and exploring their dreams more and want to join my dream Oracle school, I do have a free 14 day trial so they can always test it out, see if the energy vibes with them, see if it's something they want to do. Um, so I'll give you the link. It's just hollyemerson.com slash dream, but I'll give you the link so you can share that. And I don't think there's anything else. I was just kind of, this was a fun conversation because usually, you know, most podcasts are like very dream focused and there's like all these questions and I, I love those. But this is also fun because I love talking about all these like questions of reality and like, what is this human experience and what are we doing here? And why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could bring it up, right? Because it's always fascinating because I love bringing on people from like these different walks of life, you know, like you're in the dream space, you know, I bring on people from just different, different areas. And it's always interesting to see like where there's some overlap, and then there's different views on certain things. And so, you know, I see it as kind of its avenue into the deeper realms of discussion. And so, you know, in my opinion, we got to that deeper realm. So I don't know. Awesome. Just getting that ping to wrap it up. Awesome. That that works too. Well, so <laughs> you kind of already jumped ahead, which is, you know, admirable, but I love giving the floor to my guests. If there's anything you want to encourage people, if there's anything you want to promote, um, you know, like you already mentioned, I'm going to take any link that you send me, drop it down uh, below. I don't know if I did. You may, we'll, we'll talk about it offline, but so if there's any links that you sent me or send me um you feel free to reference those so the floor is yours uh, for whatever you want to promote or encourage um so yeah all um, you. yeah well i mean the biggest thing is like i love you know empowering people to understand their dreams and that is primarily through my dream oracle school i do have um like a free dream meditation. So if people want that, I'll give you the link to that. And I also have um, a dream interpretation guide that guides people to understand their own personal dream language. So I'll give you the link to that. They can purchase that. It's a digital guide and it's got a whole bunch of different ways of looking at your dreams from an energetic perspective and an intuitive perspective. And there's no other kind of dream guide out there. It's not going to teach you about symbols in your dream. It's going to teach you how to intuitively connect with your higher self through your dreams. So if people are interested in that, I'll give you that link. It's just, yeah, it's my dream guide. And follow me on Instagram. That's kind of where I'm most present. And I share dream tips and all that fun stuff there. And I also welcome DMs. So if anybody has any questions, my DM box is always open. So I love connecting. And to verify, that's how we got connected was through the DM. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so she's, she's right. They are open. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely yeah. know. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, is it? Uh, I definitely know I'm going to have to grab the uh, dream meditation from you for sure. Uh, Cause I'm big on meditating. And so, anything dream related and meditating related. I know I'll want that for sure. So sure there's other stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, yeah, Holly, thank you so much for having me. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We had some mic problems at the beginning, but we made it. So, you know, that's yeah. what's important. Uh, honored honored to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. And uh, I love it. These these dream questions always get, get interesting. So, you know, we'll have to do it again in the future. Yeah, for sure. Just reach out, send me a DM. <laughs> you have my email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for, for having me on and taking the time. Yeah. I appreciate it. A, yeah, it's a pleasure. I love having these conversations and glad we could get we could figure out something. Figure out the crazies and geniuses of the world. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, with that being said, Conscious Monkeys, I hope you guys got something from this and Holly's amazing wealth of knowledge on dreams. Being a dream oracle, go check your stuff out because this was fascinating. I know I'll for sure be checking something out with her. Um, but if you don't check anything out with her, that's totally cool because we will all meet up in the sixth dimension.